Hey, Carrie. Hi, sorry about that. All good. Okay, well, thanks for um, jumping in, everyone. Um, let's see, just really quick, just so that we're all on the same page, we're recording this meeting just so that later on when there's any questions, we've got basically minutes that we can refer back to. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, I know that Jen's got multiple things to say, and so you know maybe we'll kind of, we can either start with her and kind of kind of circle through kind of what some of her concerns are. Um, I know that John's you know got one or two things that he wants to say. Who wants to go first, Jen or John? It doesn't matter to me. I'll go first and just uh, okay. just directly apologize to you, Jen, for losing my temper last week. I'm sorry for that, and there's no excuse for uh, getting that upset. And so I'm sorry. Thank you. Do we want to talk about what happened there, Jen, from your perspective? Do you want to like, I mean, I know that I heard from you, but Carrie probably didn't get a chance to hear. And that maybe can kind of lead into some of the things that we want to talk over. Okay. Um, so, um, last week, um, I kind of give you to give you some background because it won't make sense what I say later unless I kind of tell you what what happened at the beginning of the week. So, um, at the beginning of the week, we recorded on um, my Mormon Stories podcast, so about my Mormon story, and um, it was supposed to just be two parts, <laughs> but it, it ended up like Mormon stories do go really long, and it ended up we recorded two days worth and four episodes. So um, the first one being um, I was uh, sexually abused as a child with um, boys and men in my ward. So that's part of that story. Um, so giving you that background there. Um, so we recorded Monday and Tuesday and then Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday on our open stories foundation calendar that we all share. Um, I was, John was recording most of the day with, um, LDS discussions, um, for both of those days from on the calendar, it was nine to two thirty. So, um, I stayed home and worked from home on Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday morning, um, early, I got a message from John that said, um, would like to do a meeting this afternoon or something to that effect. And I said, I said, sure. And, um, started to fix things that I needed to fix because as far as I knew it, it was a stay at home work day, um, which I had been told when John is filming most of the day that that's a stay at home work day for me because only because of the reasons that when he's filming a podcast, the whole office is dark because we only have one room. So the whole office is dark. I can't talk to him. Um, and there's no, there's nothing for me to really 
do that meet with him <laughs> if I'm there. So um, I would rather and have always been up to this date allowed to stay at home and work on those days um, and and have never been asked to come in before. So when he asked me that morning to come into the office for a meeting, I said, I said, yes, I said, sure. I started to rearrange a schedule that had already, I had already put in place because I started work not at nine that day. I started at seven 30. Um, the main reason for that being that my parents don't know I work for Mormon stories and there, my, my Mormon story was coming out on Monday and it would also talk about the abuse that happened in their home. So, um, I set up to take them to dinner and, um, um, I had to leave at 4.30 to drive the hour up to Morgan and then to the restaurant that I was taking them to. And um, so as soon as he told me the time of the meeting, I said, I'm I can do that. I just have to leave at 4.30. And, and then I told him the three reasons why I had to leave at 4.30. And that just being that I started work early so I could leave at 4.30 because of my parents. And I told him why. And then I said, and also it was kind of a struggle for me when Jason's at the fire station because Gracie was auditioning for a play at the high school to find someone to go and pick her up because they have to be kind of available for two hours. I don't know when she's out of auditions. And so I had to set that up. And then I had already changed my work schedule to leave at 4.30. So I, I now, you know, I would, I wouldn't have done that. I would, I would have done something different if that was the case, if I knew about the meeting. So I just basically sent him, sent him a message that said, you know, I, I respectfully ask you that if it's scheduled an at-home work day, that you let me know the day before so that I can make adjustments to the schedule that, that I've already put in place. And, um, I thought <laughs> what I would get back because of what happened that week and the weeks beforehand and, um, him maybe having empathy for that. I thought I would get back, uh, wow, that, that seems like a lot. <laughs> and I know you're coming in tomorrow on Friday and you usually don't come in on Friday. So let's just talk then. I thought that I would get something like that, knowing how John has handled things with me different, you know, in that manner before. And, um, but this time I got, um, I got a, I think a one line something um, that that seemed like a lot and still I was expected to come in. 
And um, so, and then I got um, a paragraph that said, you know, that, um, cause I, I called it a single parent, like a single mother when Jason's at the fire station. And he said, well, that single mother is something to think about. Um, what we need to think about now is, um, if your director of operation job seems to fit for you. And if your availability is going to work for me and the Open Stories Foundation, and if your skill set is where it needs to be to be in this um, position and a few other things. And I just didn't expect one, the lack of compassion. And then also for my job to be threatened <laughs> because of it, because I'm not, um, because I'm respectfully, and I use the word respectfully, respectfully asking for 24 hour notice for a meeting where I'm expected to come into the office when it's an at-home work day um, or what I understood to be what that homework they meant. And so I was kind of, and I, I, I told him right away, I said, I don't really like the, what the words that you just used or what you just said to me. I would like to talk to you about it when I get there today. And um, so when I arrived at work, um, I was angry, to be honest. Like I was upset that I was having to come in. And I know John's the boss and I know he can set schedules and whatever. But I also am aware of like the values of the Open Stories Foundation and the, you know, um, the paperwork that I signed when I got a job and the what's, you know, the changes we're trying to make and um, reading over those, I didn't agree with what, with, with the situation or the words that were said to me after I asked respectfully for a 24 hour notice on meetings, unless it's an emergency, I said. And then of course I understand those situations. So what you were going, what he wanted to the meeting he wanted you to come in for wasn't an emergency. As I was going to ask, is what that was for? Was it at some big? No. And when I got there, I, and in the conversation, um, though it was already past the he heated part of the conversation, um, or where it started to get heated, I asked him that, and there was no reason, like. There was no reason for this meeting, especially when I was going to be there the next day on a day that I was not usually ever in the office. So again, um, and I also asked if I could join via like this Zoom from home as another option. And again, was told no. So uh, 
Um, so when I arrived, I, I was upset about the fact that I had to go in and, um, it showed I'm certain. And, um, I started to try and tell him my perspective of like, why I didn't understand why, like, it seemed like the only thing I could think of was like, a putting me in my place or like a, a power thing or an ego thing. Like I really have never felt so like, I don't know, belittled, like not cared for. And I told this when I called Clint, I'm like, I've never like felt this from John before. Like I haven't ever felt like, like kind of like, I don't give a shit about you. And um, I did feel like that. And um, so I, I did, I came in and I was angry and I let him know the reasons why I was angry and that I didn't feel like this was appropriate in any way. And um, it got escalated. It got where he was talking over me and I was talking over him and um. I was trying to state my case and, and then, and then when it got to the point, it got to a point where he started putting words in my mouth and like making me feel like what I was saying for myself was he would use words that I wasn't using or meanings that I wasn't using. And he started to do that to me. And at that point, I'm like, I started recording the meeting on my phone because I wanted to give it to him so he could listen back to it and understand like where it was that this, like for me, that it started to get like, beyond beyond repair in that day like I wasn't feeling listened to or and I wasn't listening to him to be honest because I was feeling like I had to defend what I was saying and so I um wasn't listening <laughs> and um was probably not respectful um, as I normally would be to him. And um, just kind of the whole situation kind of fell out of control. And so he asked if we should stop. I said, I really want to know why I was called in. And I asked about the meeting and what the necessity, like why this had to be done that day. And so I tried to calm down and we tried to talk again, but again, <laughs> it just got escalated and uh, it wasn't working. And so he finally made the offer to leave again. And so I left, I, I got up and got my stuff together. And as I was leaving, I told him that I recorded it if he would like to listen to it. 
And then I left. And as I was walking out to my car, I called Clint because I just didn't know if like this could be repaired without someone else being involved. And that's what I remember from the day. Thanks for sharing, Jen. I know that that's hard and you already told me the same story. So thanks for telling Carrie so that she's at least up to speed and she kind of understands where you're coming from and what your position is. And I can tell it's obviously emotionally hard for you. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Can I ask a few questions? Mm-hmm. Um, would you consider this normal behavior? And if you need to have John bow out, you know, like if it makes you uncomfortable talking about it in front of him, we could ask him to bow out if necessary. But, but the thing that I like about doing it like this is you mm-hmm. might have a perspective and you share it and then John might have a different way of, of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see, get your reaction. Like, is this normal behavior? Um, no, I would say, no, it's not normal behavior. I would say I have seen inklings of it before, um, but never to this extent this extreme and we were able to work through it ourselves before um and i didn't ever feel um threatened i guess before like it was a different level i felt um going to threatening like my job and my skill set and things that and my availability when I have been nothing but available for a Mormon stories podcast. Um so um when it I've never felt that going to that level before. Um I do feel like there's and I know now working well working with Mormon stories for about almost a year now, but in the director of operations position for nine months, like I'm very observant of what's happening around me. And I, I know certain triggers for him. And I know like when to bow out and when to like press an idea or when to share and when maybe give him space or things like that. Like I've tried really hard to get to know him and be like observant and um, respectful of those because it is a very hard space to work in. And I don't want to bring more hard, if that makes sense. So I'm, I try not to. Um, and I believe that in normal circumstances, he does the same for me. Like he he tries. I see him trying. I see him, you know, thinking of the words he says before he says them and things like that. Um, but there has been times that I think it went too far. And... I don't see it being like a pattern that I see. It's just spontaneous, you know, something here, something there. Just like 
a normal person, you know, has a bad day or something to that effect. Um, but there's definitely times where I, I think it went too far, but we were able to repair that ourselves this time. It felt different. Okay. Do you, have you enjoyed working at the OSF overall? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, do you, um, like would your desire to be to kind of like patch this up and keep going? Do you want to still keep working here or after this kind of thing, does it just kind of sour the, sour the whole mood and you're pretty much done anyway? No, I would like to continue working. I love my job. Like I love what I do. I love the connections that I make. I love, I feel like John and I are a really good team as far as like, he's the, he knows the facts and he, you know, has the platform and he has put in a lot of work and he's built an amazing podcast. And I think in doing all of that for many, many, many years, I think that like my husband, who's a firefighter, that they kind of become detached a little bit as far as empathy and emotion and connection. And I think I am a perfect opposite <laughs> to be honest I think maybe sometimes I'm too much that way you know as far as like connecting with people and being empathetic and like crying with them and um things like that and maybe you know that plays into some part of like why I was so hurt with this um is because I do feel deeply I do um but I think it also makes me a really good podcast host. And I think people love me and I've had them reach out to me almost every day, you know, telling me how glad they are that I'm there and that they, you know, started donating, donating again because of me. And like, those things are like special to me. Like, I feel like I haven't done anything For like the opportunity to do this and what I want to do to be taken from me. Um, and I love to do it. So, and I think for the most part, John and I work really well together and I do a good job and I'm very skilled and I'm very smart and um, I'm very available. Just the week before this, I stayed until almost two in the morning, completing a podcast for Mormon stories, changing all of what I had in that evening. Like I, I do that often. So like, I just, I just need to, but I do need reassurance that like, I, I've worked for a boss in the past where it was a, it was expected of me to come in at, at a drop of a hat and it was expected of me to like miss my family's things. And it was expected of me to like, not be compensated for the, the work that I was doing and what I was contributing to that business to make it a lot more successful than when I arrived there. 
and for people to be connecting with me and my employees to liking me and like all of these things that I built and then and then me being threatened with my job and my time and my skill set and all these things and I think when John said that to me it was a trigger for me automatically because that boss in the past owes me thousands of dollars for the hours that I worked over my 40 hour salary job that I had with him. And there is like a, I know for sure when, when that paragraph was sent to me about my job and my skill set and my availability and that, and me not coming in and asking for the, you know, 24 hours advance notice, just asking for it it for sure triggered me. And I know that that was some of the like pain and anger that was coming out in that conversation with John, you know, was not necessarily towards him, but the thought of like putting all of this into what I believe I have done for Mormon stories. And then it just be like used against me. And so that was triggering to me. And I'm sure that that some of the, what I wanted to probably say to my old boss was probably said to John <laughs> in that moment, you know? So I, I apologize for that and not being as respectful as I could have been in that conversation. So if I understand what you're saying is potentially some of the stuff that you said wasn't even necessarily directed at John. It was directed at your old boss that you felt like had taken advantage of you. And so you know, you maybe reacted more. I mean, I know when I talked to you, you were very upset. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, we need to take a few days to just think <laughs> about this. And I can tell it's obviously still upsetting you now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so obviously in the heat of the moment, I mean, the reaction may have been very severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask another question. Um, mm-hmm. And you told me, and you told me about this and you also mentioned it to Carrie. So then you recorded the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me what your like have want. I guess first, like, is that mm-hmm. something that you would normally do? Do you like normally record conversations? No, I've never recorded a conversation between okay. John, John and I. It, so, what inspired it, you to do that this time? I was feeling like he was getting to a, a point in his physical actions as well as the words he was using and the putting words in my mouth that I started to think that this level of speaking to me and his physical actions with the words and what was happening at the time started to scare me. Okay. So when, when that happened, I was like, I'm going, I'm going to record this not to like, uh, I, (laughs) my thoughts in the moment and John, I think it came to my mind because a couple of days before I had, John wanted me to like take notes as we were on a phone call with some guy who's checking into our taxes or whatever, our payroll taxes. And so, and I was sitting at my desk, I'm like, oh, well, I could just record this, you know, record the phone call, John, and then give it to you because I'm not very good at like shorthand, you know, taking notes while this is going on. So I had done that the day before. I believe it was the day before 
or maybe a couple of days before. And so in the middle of this argument, it's just the thing that popped in my head. When I started to feel unsafe in the conversation, I was like, I, I'm going to turn this on and record this so that I can send it to him like I did the other recording. I can send this to him and he can understand why I felt like I didn't get to say anything and he wasn't listening to anything I said. Um, just for curiosity, how do you record a conversation like that? Is this like, just like turn on your, like you turn on your, um, like a video recording or voice memo. What's that? It's just the voice memo app. that comes on your iPhone. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I've just never done that before. And so I was just curious how you would know how to do that. Cause I don't know. Yeah. Well, I use it every week in my daughter's voice lessons Mm -hmm. because I re-record the teacher and him playing the piano and then she plays it back and sings to it so it's something i use almost every day it's like it's almost like a notepad to me gotcha so you're familiar with how to do it yeah so you know when you first um told me about this and said hey you know do you want to listen to this recording i said no now i'm starting to wonder if maybe carrie and i should listen to it so that we can have a good feeling of what's going on do you think that that would be smart it's up to you. It was, it was started. I think there's only like 15 minutes of, or 10 minutes. I don't know. Somewhere between there are 10 and 15 minutes of actually, you know what? I deleted it. As soon as you said you didn't want to hear it and John didn't reach out to me to hear it. I think I deleted it. I can check if there's a deleted folder. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, it's the last one's my daughter's music class. Yeah. I don't know how that kind of stuff works, but, but if you did have it and Carrie and I listened to it, Mm -hmm. that could help us. What I'm, what I'm trying to understand, and it was the same thing that I said to you on the phone. There's, in my opinion, you know, John's the boss. He runs the stuff day to day. Carrie and I are volunteer board members. We don't get paid for this, obviously. Like we're just Mm -hmm. trying, trying to help out. Yeah. And what we're trying to ascertain and kind of the safety valve is if if John or some of the other employees did something that, you know, you know, like uh, you mentioned the stuff that you read, you know, like that whole employee packet, you know, if there was some kind of like sexual harassment and it was obvious or if it's like, you know, some kind of, you know, physical threat or something versus so that's one kind of thing. Like what 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 does this rise to versus something like. He feels like he's the boss, you know, from a different perspective, like I understand your perspective, but from a different, different person perspective, you know, they could say something like, well, he's the boss. And really what happened was you made plans. You didn't want to come in and you were all pissed off about it. And then Mm -hmm. you created like a big hubbub. So that Mm -hmm. would be a different way that people could kind of talk, you know, and think about it. So if we, if Carrie and I listen to the recordings, because we both have employees, we both dealt with a lot of these kind of things over the years, it could maybe maybe help us understand. And, you know, if John felt like listening to it and maybe have you listened to it back? Like maybe if you listen to it back, you might say like, oh, wait, I had some fault in this too. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were just already talking about like, ooh, actually maybe I was the one that did overreact a little bit because I was mm-hmm. like projecting you know, these feelings towards my old boss, towards John in this case. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, might be able to ascertain. Yeah, I actually did listen to it over again. And how did and, you feel and, about it? And that's where 
I would say that some of my feelings and the emotion that was coming out was not necessarily I was saying what I wanted to say to my old boss, but the emotions behind my words and the passion behind my words was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this again. Like what happened in that old position is not going to happen here. So like this needs to be like resolved or like there needs to be another conversation happening because I just, so like the emotion and the the passion and what I was saying was definitely me being scared, really, like the fear of this turning into what my old job was. Plus on top of that, me wanting to be here. And when, when it was, when it was my job, what I felt was threatened in that way, it the fear was like escalated because of the past. Not that the words I were saying were wrong or not what was happening in our conversation, but the definitely the level of wanting to be heard and the not understanding and the like talking over when he would um try to tell me something I wasn't saying like all of that was definitely escalated because of the fear of it being like the other job and me loving this job like me wanting to be here and feeling like I'm making a difference here and not wanting it to go away and I don't feel like I deserved that threat. Okay. Um, I can just tell you, um, um, and I'm now going to be speaking on behalf of John, but I would, I would think that when people record him without his knowledge, because he's such a public figure, that it would put him on edge in a massive way, and it would make him think and wonder like what, what someone's motives were. Mm-hmm. And when you first told me about that, that you recorded the conversation, like it kind of seemed weird to me, but I didn't think that much of it. Mm-hmm. But then when I thought about it more, I'm like, wow, like what's the motive behind doing that? That like seems, that could seem pretty sinister. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I know I could see how that would be, would come into his mind. I could totally understand that, especially in his position. I think that I've never given him reason to doubt my, um, what's the right word? Like I've always stood up for him. I've always stood up for Mormon stories. I've always like, never done anything behind his back 
I've never, you know, which is why I told him before I left the room that I recorded it. If he would like to hear it, you know, I didn't take it out of there. I didn't let anyone else listen to it. Like that was for my safety. And for hopefully showing him what I was trying to say, like just having him listen when he wasn't in this escalated form that I have never seen before. And so, yeah, I get it. I get it, but I all like, I've never given him reason to question like my trust ever. Yeah. So you haven't you haven't recorded him in the past. This is just no, no. Well, and and again, it kind of comes back to the same thing when you say things like "I'm concerned for my safety." Um, I think it would be interesting for Carrie and I to look at that because if like he's ranting and raving and throwing stuff across the room and breaking things, you know, I think that that would raise to a different level than if he was frustrated and upset that you were basically telling him, "No, I'm not going to come in." I never told him. No, I would not come in. Or or I can't come in. It's a big pain and I'm pissed because I had these other things. I mean, just looking at it from a different way, it could also be seen that way. It's like you're an employee. He's the boss. He asks you to do something. You're like, eh, I can, but I'm pissed about it. And don't ask me to do that in the future. Give me more notice. You see how that could kind of come across that way. Yeah. Well, I... I would like to clarify one thing there. I until until my job was threatened, I was always yes, sure, I can come in. There's no problem. Like, tell me what time. There was no there was I didn't even tell him everything that I had planned that day or or what was going on. It was only when the time was given to me and it was 2:30 and I was going to be leaving at 4 30 that I'm like oh I should well just like what it says here in in whatever it's hard for me to read all this and actually pay attention to what you're saying sorry Selma maybe I could read that later that's okay that's from John and it's not from me no I know I'm he's just copying some texts on oh yeah um so it's just kind of like I w- I felt like I was doing what like was told to me like as far as in the job like in our whatever this document is that was given to me when I was hired like this I don't even know what this sexual harassment document but it's like a open source foundation document that the board made. And it says, if working for the Open Stories Foundation ever becomes unhealthy for you, please communicate your needs, concerns directly with the staff and with the board where necessary. So I did, I had a concern. The concern was up until this morning, I was always told at home workday meant you worked at home the whole day. I've offered to zoom into meetings um, and was told, no, I need to come in for this meeting that was super important for me to come into. And so I communicated. I did what it said. 
when I felt like that was maybe not a very, you know, <laughs> not a healthy <laughs> thing to ask someone to do um, when you know all the reasons that um, for me to say, I respectfully ask that when you have given us an at-home work day, that it be, you know, that you, you, you plan the meetings for 24 hours ahead so that I can, you know, adjust anything that I've made. Um, and that my concerns are because for me, being a single mom, on those days, you know, this is how that affects what, what I had planned, you know, and that's, you know, needs or concerns and that it would be a healthier relationship if we could have, if I could have 24 hours notice to be able to do that unless it's an emergency. Yeah. And so I think that what I did was respectful. And up until that point, I said I would be coming in to the meeting. I wasn't disrespectful to him in any way that I remember until it turned to threatening my job because I asked for the courtesy of 24 hours notice for a meeting. Yeah. And maybe if you read back kind of what he typed you at 1259, I'm just looking at it. I just shared the full conversation on in a Google Doc so everybody can... I, I, if it's okay, I would just like to, I would like to just clarify a couple things. Sure. There's a point that, that Jen, um, Jen says that she felt like I threatened her with her job. I just want to have us all read what I actually wrote and you can read before and after, but the comment I'm referring to is around one o'clock. I think this is the text that Jen claims is me threatening with her job, and I'm just going to read it. Thanks for letting me know, and I'm just letting you know why I'm calling the meetings. I hope it makes sense, even if it's annoying. The single mom idea is great. We just need to monitor, refine what director of operations means and what my R needs are in the OSF, and monitor over time if that title still fits your availability and skill set as we progress. There is no problem right now, obviously. But we should monitor this and make sure that we are setting you up for success in your position, given your availability. We can discuss more today and over time. I I think that's what Jen means when she says I threatened her job. But I just, yes. and then the other thing I want to make clear of is if you look at the document at 6.30 a.m., I wrote, can you meet at 2.30 today? So I I did. I did send that super early. It wasn't later in the conversation. And I said that. Okay. Just making making sure folks. And I said I could be there all the way up until that message that John just, just read to you. Okay. And, you know, where he quoted my single mom and why it was hard for me. And then saying that we need to monitor my job and assess like what the open stories foundation um needs 
and John needs. And if this job still fits your availability and skill set. And saying that when up until this time, the only thing that I've ever asked for as far as like my availability or has ever been in question is me asking for the 24 hour notice, respectfully asking for it, if it, unless it's an emergency. And so as far as up until this point, my availability has been, I change my schedule weekly, if not multiple times a week, every week to adjust around Mormon stories because I believe in it. And I think it's important to finish a podcast as it goes and not stop the person. If we go past five o'clock and into nine o'clock PM and into one thirty AM sometimes, um, I adjust all the time. There's no question about my availability. And there's no question about my skill set. Nothing ever has been asked of me that I have not pulled through. And the only time I have ever even asked for time is when I felt like I was asked to do too much and I couldn't do everything a hundred percent. I could do multiple things at 70, but I couldn't do the things he was asking me at a hundred. So I, I had to ask him, do you want me to focus on this first? Or do you want me to focus on this first? And that's a healthy question. Also, what would you like me to do? What's most important to you? And that wasn't because of my skill set. That was because I met one human being and one week worth of time. So my availability and my skill set has never been in question. Um, obviously, you're getting really emotional about this. So, I mean, I don't want to like try to pick at the same thing. Um, would it would it be helpful for me not to give a argumentative response, but maybe just to kind of share my perspective of the day? Would that be helpful sure. or would that not be helpful? Is that something that you're up for, Jen? Can you take a person another person's perspective? I'm fine. Okay. Emotions, emotions for me are part of me. So you'll get you'll so get crying this. doesn't mean you're upset. That's just it's okay. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so one thing, one one important contextual piece of information that probably colored the whole event on Thursday was that we had spent two weeks prior really digging into the sexual abuse uh, stories with the church. And that's after doing some really emotional work, interviewing the woman who took down Warren Jeffs. It, it had been a really brutal couple of weeks prior to uh, last week. And uh, Jen worked super hard and uh, 
And I think I was working super hard and it was kind of really grueling and emotionally taxing. And um, so I, I, and then we did both of Jen's interviews two days in a row. So by Wednesday, I think it's, I, I don't want to speak for Jen, but definitely for me, I was feeling super drained and raw um, and overwhelmed from the previous several weeks. And then um, I had two interviews scheduled for Wednesday, which would strain me more. And then, um, and then I had interviews scheduled on Thursday. And um, when I woke up on Thursday morning, I knew that we had, there were some problems. There've been some challenges with the contractors we've been working with to do shorts that I knew we had to have a meeting to kind of work out because there were just some glitches and some coordination that needed to happen. And then Jen has been telling me that, that she's unsure that Maven has been reliable enough to, to kind of potentially keep on. And I was concerned that, um, that, that I didn't want to blindside Maven when kind of the trial period was up without having her being given, um, information. And then also Jed and I had set that we would meet weekly to, to just kind of have a weekly check-in meeting. And because of all the several weeks of really stressful podcast demands, we had to keep canceling our one-on-ones. And I felt like that was not good for our ability to keep working together. So that's why Thursday morning I woke up and said, Hey Jen, can you come in at two 30 today? And you can read through the text, but in my mind, what I was thinking is Jen and I can have a one-on-one. We can talk about our meeting with Maven before we meet with Maven. Then we can meet with Maven and then we can meet with uh, the shorts team. And I, I, I have been wanting to talk to Jen for a while, just about the, the, uh, the director of operations position and how that's been going. And, um, and honestly, the fact that it's felt like a lot for Jen to be co-host producer and director of operations, it it's felt like more than any one human could really do. And I wanted to have a check-in with Jen just about how that was going generally. So um, what, what what became hard about this conversation that you read in text is that most of it happens while I'm actually in an interview, interviewing someone and recording it. And so most of that, most of that, most of the text, including the text that Jen felt was a threat, I was actually in an interview conducting it while I was typing it and answering and, and conducting a live interview that was recorded. So I, I certainly was not at my best um, in those texts um, be, because I was multitasking in a way that probably wasn't useful. But having said that, I don't think, I, I certainly did not intend a threat. Um, I, I, I read I, I read quickly something about her daughter's dog. Uh, I read something about her meeting with her parents. Um, and I, I think I've gathered now that what Jen was hoping I would do would be to say, you don't need to come in. 
but either because I didn't fully understand how Jen was feeling about that or because I was also multitasking and doing an interview with Mike, that that didn't persuade me in the moment to feel like it still wasn't a good idea to have Jen come in. And so um, so when I when she wrote me about the 24 hours notice and the single mom thing, in my mind, um, in my mind, uh, I, I, I have been feeling for some time that it's been, and I've communicated this to Jen, that it's sometimes it's been harder than I have wanted for us to be able to get together face to face and meet. Part of that is because we decided to make Fridays stay home days. And so for months and months, as I recall, Fridays have, have been don't come in days. And then early in Jen's time, Jen wanted to start doing uh, coaching uh, training. And she asked if she could do that during work hours um, in the mornings and sometimes on Fridays. And so on the days where she would stay home and do her coaching training during work hours, I always felt bad having her come in after that. And so when you combine the days, Jen, when you combine the Fridays being Jen being gone on Fridays, and then you combine the two other days a week where Jen would stay home to do coaching training. And then you added the days where we did podcasting there. We weren't having time to actually meet and meet a manager from my perspective. And so I've been expressing to Jen frustration that uh, we haven't been able to really meet much face to face. And so when, when Jen said the thing about single mom and I need 24 hours notice in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, like it's been so hard for us to get together. I feel like it's a reasonable request on a, on a day to say, Hey, at 6 30 AM, do you mind coming in at two 30? That felt reasonable to me. When I asked it, I had no idea that she had plans with her parents. I didn't know that her daughter's dog was dying. I didn't know any of that. I made that request early in the morning. And then while while I'm in conducting an interview, I'm starting to read this response about, I need 24 hours notice. And I I was not able to give it full consideration, but I but I read enough to say, like, man, I, it should be that if I tell you at 6.30, I need you to come in at 2.30, that feels like a reasonable request to me. And I was worried, ironically, I was worried that if we tried to have the conversations I wanted to have over video, that they were going to go sideways, that they were going to be emotional. or And so I felt like we would be able to have a more effective conversation in person than over video. And that was obviously, well, I don't know if that's true, but it certainly didn't work out that way. So anyway, I didn't perceive my 1 p.m. comment as threatening Jen's job. In fact, I wrote, there's obviously no problem now. Um, I just said, let's monitor this and make sure we're setting you up for success in your position, given your availability. And when I say given your availability, I'm talking about how hard it's been for Jen and I to to find time to meet. I'm not blaming Jen for that. Um, I, I, I take a lot of responsibility for that because 
I've scheduled so many interviews and I called Fridays as stay home days. So that's not to blame Jen for that, but it, it, it has been feeling over time. Like we haven't had the time to meet. So anyway, when Jen came in, I, I immediately felt her anger. And when she started characterizing the conversation that we had had, I don't know if Jen recorded the beginning of the conversation, but what was triggering for me was she kept saying that I had threatened her job. And I kept trying to say, I didn't threaten your job. I said that everything's okay. But, and then, and then there was this conversation about Jen feeling like the understanding was that if she started the workday from home, that there was an explicit agreement that she never had to come in. And I was trying to say, I've never said to you, Jen, that if you start the workday at home, I won't need you in the afternoon. And there was no, there was no openness to that, that sort of exchange. There was no, like, it was just, it, it's, it, John, it's a stay at home day and it's eight hours and I need 24 hours notice. And there was a lot of anger there. And I was feeling like, first of all, Jen, this is the first time you've ever mentioned this idea of a 24 hour notice. I've never heard that before. I don't remember ever hearing that. It's never come up because I've never asked you to come in that I'm aware of on a day where you started working from home. So this is so new to me. So I don't know why you're so angry at me when you're you were now asking me for something that's brand new and then and then jen was sort of acting like it was insulting that i asked her to come in as if we had a formal agreement that again if she starts working from home in the morning that she gets to stay all the day home and i kept trying to say jen i've never said that if you start working from home in the morning that i might i might still need you in the afternoon but it was as if I was, uh, I felt like she was m making me into an inhumane person for asking her to come in in the afternoon. Now, if I had stepped back into my kind of psychologically, emotionally wise self, I would have said, it's been a hard couple weeks. Things are really emotional. She's, there's probably some emotion to this that maybe isn't tied to me. But because of other things with Jen that have been building up for me over the past several months, I I just, I snapped, not to make excuses for my behavior because there's no excuses for losing my temper, but I felt mistreated and, and mischaracterized. I felt, I felt uh, like Jen was raising her voice at me and I felt like she was talking over me and I felt like she was... Um, completely mischaracterizing my words and what I wrote in, in our thread. And that's in my view, why and how it went sideways. So that's, that's my, that's my best way to summarize what I feel like happened, but then it just, it was like, it was like fighting with, um, it was just an unprofessional fight. And I would, I feel like both of us were unprofessional, but that doesn't take away from my responsibility to be unprofessional. I absolutely should have been, but I wish, I wish I had recorded the entire conversation as well as 
several other conversations Jen and I have had in the past, because I do think, like Jen mentioned, inklings of me getting mad other times. I'm honestly not aware of losing my temper with Jen before, but I'm I rook. I remember conversations we've had where I've felt very unsafe or disturbed, and I wish I had recorded them because I I don't think Jen and I have been able to have when when there's criticism or disagreement. I don't think we've been able to have emotionally healthy conversations, and and I have also not felt felt always safe with Jen. So thanks for sharing that, John, that can be uncomfortable, especially like when, you know, the other person's sitting there and, you know, it's going to obviously have a different opinion. So thanks for sharing that and being vulnerable. Do you have any response to that, Jen? Yeah, I don't, I don't ever recall a conversation where he would feel unsafe um, in any way. Um, But I, I am not him. So I, I don't know. And I, and I sitting here can't recall those conversations. Um, one, one thing I'd like to say is yes, three, three months ago, I came to John and asked if I could, um, take, uh, the same life coaching that Margie took. Um, it's the same institute and everything. And, um, that I felt like that would help me because I've never podcast before. So I felt like it would help me as a co-host to be able to ask good questions and like all the skills that Mark, I see Margie doing wonderfully in her podcasts. And so I did, I, I came to him and I said, I asked him if, um, Monday and Wednesday mornings, um, from nine to 12, if I could take this course and it's three week, three months long. And, um, if he felt like I didn't ask him to pay me or, or pay for the class or, or pay me during those times, I just asked for, to have that time to be able to take the class. And, um, it was just something for me to do for me also um, that I felt I needed to do for myself coming out of a high demand religion and just needing something for me. Um, so he was very kind about it and said that that was, that he could definitely do that for me. And he was excited for me and there was no pushback at all about it. Um, so I paid the money and signed up for that class. Um, I I will push back on the narrative that was just said that um, I did not come in on the days that I had that. I, I stayed home until noon and then I ate lunch and then I was in the office by one. The only days I did not come into the office was when he was recording at one o'clock. So if he was recording, I would stay home and work from home on those days. So I'm not like I just because I had those approved times when 
I was supposed to be at the office outside of those times, I was there. Unless it, again, he was podcasting and I stayed home when he was podcasting. Um, So I would have to push back on that a little bit. Um, Yeah, I don't think absolutely. There there were definitely times you came in. I I didn't mean to say you never came in on the days you did the coaching. Um, You did come in. in, And there were a lot of days where I just scheduled those afternoons and you didn't come in. My point, I'm glad you did the coaching. I don't have regrets about that. I was trying to, I was trying to explain to Clint and Carrie some of the dynamics that have contributed to feeling like we've had a hard time meeting face-to-face to to be able to coordinate uh, our our efforts. Right. And I just want to kind of continue what I was going to say is that, um, and then having the Fridays, they were not, that was not my decision. That was John's decision to the whole staff. I was never involved in that decision. So Fridays were always a stay at home day um, work day. So there were Fridays, there were the two mornings that I was having the class. And I feel like, I feel like this happens a lot to me where, um, something isn't, something isn't going the way that John wants it to go. And instead of saying, saying, you know, um, Jen, you know, I'd really like to be able to meet once a week from you, with you, you know, um, I see that we're having a hard time meeting. Um, let's, you know, let's find a day and time that works for both of us that we can put on the calendar that we know we won't schedule over, you know, podcasts, like maybe Fridays, good day. You know, we don't usually schedule podcasts on those days. But instead of like coming to me like that, um, it's, it's, it's kind of the same words that you just heard. It's the, um, you know, we're over scheduling and we're doing this and we're doing that when, when, as far as, as far as what I can see, the only times that we're not having our meetings scheduled is when a podcast is scheduled over that meeting time, which looking, what I could see looking back, they're usually not me. They're usually Gerardo or they're usually, you know, John who schedules those podcasts. And so, yes, there's been times where like, you know, Alyssa, Alyssa's went to the next day. Our, our days are usually Tuesdays when we would meet, when we were trying to meet. They were Tuesdays. And so we would schedule these big podcasts and every week it seemed like they would go into the next day or they would, you know, filter into this next day where it would take over, you know, that meeting time. And like we've, this kept happening. And so I remember talking to Gerardo to see if there was a, a different time he could meet. And, but because we're just, we've been so busy and all these news things coming in and all the podcast things coming in and the, all these big podcasts that were taking days and days 
like all of this happening, that's why the meetings weren't happening. It, it wasn't because of me taking a class and it wasn't because of me scheduling over the meeting time. 95% of that was not me. But it's when it's presented to me, it's it's presented like it was me. I don't like think it's yeah. like it's it's I don't think that he said that it was you. He just said it was a contributing factor. Um and I don't and yeah. I'm just saying from my perspective, I don't see that. I don't see I see maybe a very minimal percent, tiny minimal percent being actually me making that happen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think we got it. Um, I know that Carrie's kind of on a tight timeline and so am I. So I want to wrap this up in the next five minutes or so. Carrie, do you have some questions that you're thinking of? Um, I guess I do, but I'm not really sure how to answer them. I guess I'm trying to understand how, um, it goes from this is the first time that John has asked you to come in on a day that's not scheduled and it and it goes from that to this. Um, I, I guess I wish I wish I was a fly on the wall for the conversation because I'm having a hard time connecting the dots to see how it escalated to to where it did. Um, if it was like this ongoing ish or, you know, it just feels like I'm just trying to, I'm trying to connect those dots. If there's more, un, more, more underlying issue that maybe we're not talking about that contributed. Um, I'm just not understanding how it got to where it did, I guess. Um, seems like, I don't know. It's frustrating when that happens, but um to to be to the point where you feel like you have to record it it just feels like that's a big jump and so i'm just i guess i'm having a little bit of a hard time connecting those dots but i don't know i don't know the direct question i'm just having a hard time understanding that but do you think it would help you carry if you listen to the recording yeah you get the tone of voice and kind of see mm -hmm. what's going on okay. yeah do, so, do your cameras um, record john Oh, because you're saying the recording's gone? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, well, there's only one camera, and I I can check to see if it's... Uh, see solid. if there's enough audio? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, you could check your junk file, Jen. You could check the camera log, John. I mean, it's less than a week. It seems like most of those go about a week or something before they start writing over each other or something. So then Carrie and I can get a little more context and kind of help guide our decision. You know, I think Carrie, Carrie is feeling the same way that I'm feeling. It's like, wow, this went zero to a hundred and nothing flat. So. Mm -hmm. I, I can say that there, I can say that there, there are some dynamics that are structural to the, the director of operations position and how I've interacted with that, that, I think for no real fault of Jen's that kind of maybe have played into my, some of my building frustrations. And I do think there are, and when I talk about not feeling safe, um, it, 
it has to do with the risk that I feel um, working closely with someone knowing, and I've, and I've talked to Jen about this and this came out with Kara knowing, knowing how opening, opening myself up to working closely with someone can leave me and the organization vulnerable uh, to being hurt later makes makes it very hard for me to do things like say no or give critical feedback or push back sometimes and i th there have been let's just say five or six exchanges with jen that uh where where i felt probably some lingering frustration or anger or sadness or resentment about the exchange where I feel like I kept um, bottling it or pushing it down out of fear of Jen being upset if I was honest or direct or candid that um, because then if it led to a blow up, then it would lead to Jen potentially leaving or recording a conversation or, or quitting or whatever that then would cause potentially just more harm and damage to the organization and my family. And so I, I would definitely say that in addition to whatever anger Jen brought to that meeting, I had a lot of, uh, frustration and anger and fear built up that, that I'm sure came out in that meeting. Okay. Well, thanks for um, acknowledging that and recognizing that those things are hard for us to see sometimes, you know, I mean, you know, kind of like I mentioned to Jen in the first place, it sounds like both of you had an off day. You both brought a lot of heat and it kind of really kind of went places that, neither of you would have maybe expected. And some of it's pent up frustrations. You didn't feel like you could express John. You don't feel like you can maybe be honest with her because you feel like it may either be taken wrong or she wouldn't respond well, or for whatever the risk is. And then Jen, it sounds like you have a previous boss that you felt like you were taken advantage of. And so you start to get triggered if you feel like some of the things are going down the same paths. So then you're frustrated that way. At least that's the takeaway that I'm getting from both of you. So. And I think there was genuine mis misunderstandings or miscommunication in the, the Slack thread. Yeah. Because in my mind, I in no way threatened her job other than to say, let's watch this. And, and if there's some restructuring we need to do in expectations or in job expectations or title or requirement so that you can successfully fulfill your role and I can, I can feel like my needs are being met. Like, let's, let's monitor this, that, that I feel like that's what I wrote. I feel that's what I intended, but I felt like Jen read that as a threat to her job. And then she came to the meeting saying, you threatened my job. And I was saying, I did not threaten your job. And we went sideways from the very start at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm looking at this, I have it right on the side of my screen. I can see exactly what you read, what you wrote. When you read it in the tone of voice, and if you would have said that to her, she probably wouldn't have reacted the same way, but she obviously read it 
And, and she doesn't, and even like, if we watch this back and the way that Jen talks about it was, um, in a different tone of voice, it's like, you're monitoring me, my job, I'm not doing a good job and gets very frustrated about it. Yeah. So obviously she came in just like, oh, you're trying, you know, you're going to fire me. So, okay. Um, so is it okay if we wrap it up for now? Carrie and I can talk some more. Um, we'll see if we can get the, you know, I think the only other piece, piece of evidence that could help us is if we could see or listen to the recording and kind of see what was going on. I'm kind of getting the same vibe from both of you, but, um, you know, it wouldn't hurt just to make sure that it's like, this is kind of, you know, normal workplace stuff versus like, this is some kind of higher level offense, you know? Does that sound okay to everyone? And then, you know, we'll just get back to you guys in the next couple of days. How does that feel for everyone? Um, for me, it doesn't, it, it's like, I understand that that's what needs to happen. Um, like I understand the, um, I understand why John, um, is feeling unsettled right now. And that he restricted my access to YouTube. So I can't do my job on YouTube right now. Um, that That is a, that's a, a thing with my podcast coming out um, that I only feel, felt safe doing them and releasing them because I had control over comments and things coming in um, that I could, you know, delete or um, respond to or, you know, all those things. Um, I don't, I don't feel like that. I feel like I want my podcast to go out, um, but I I don't want them to go out without me having what I always had and, you know, the control that, you know, was at the time the yeah. podcasts were recorded and things. Um, I also... Wait, before you move it, on? Yeah. I think that's super smart. Um, and John, is that okay if we just put that episode on hold and don't release it until this is kind of sorted out? Are you okay with that? Oh yeah. There's, there's no way I want to release that episode. Um, with any kind of contention. Okay. So I think everyone's on the same page with that. Okay. Perfect. So what's your next thing, Jen? I guess my, I guess I, I would say opposite of, (laughs) I would say I want, I want, I would, I haven't ever given any reason to question my, I don't know what the right word is, my role 
at the Open Stories Foundation, or I've never done anything unethical um, as far as with any any type of privilege that I have within the company. And so I would like my podcast to go out and I would like that given back to me. Um, I don't think I should be restricted in any way because of what happened. And um, I feel like, you know, the people that I'm overseeing have access to that. And, the, you know. They would never be able to release it, though, without John's permission, I assume. I didn't, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying my job in general. Like, I I can't upload time codes and show notes. I can't help Maven schedule things. I can't do any of those things because he's restricted me yeah. on YouTube, which seems seems like an extreme step that I don't think needs to be restricted for me to be able to like in the next couple of days be able to like go in confidently to do my job for the next two days. And until we hear back from you and um, that it, it it's only YouTube that's restricted. Like he didn't restrict me anywhere else. I still have access to the bank, like to all the money. I still have access to like our PO boxes, like to like everyone's information. I just, I don't know why that was the, I don't know why I'm restricted with that. And I don't feel like I can do my job when I feel that restriction. And I don't feel like I've ever done anything to deserve that. I feel like, I feel like I don't, I feel like that's unnecessary. And if, and if I can just politely respond, when Jen, when you, when you left and said, I recorded that, um, I, I heard that as a threat. I, I said, I, I recorded that if you would like to listen to it and it's I, a full and, sentence. And I don't, that's not what I, what I, I don't know. That's not what I heard. What I heard, and I'm not saying what you said, I'm saying what I heard. What I heard was I recorded that and then the door closed. And so I'm just letting you know that from my perspective, what I heard was a threat. Basically, what I interpreted from what you said was, I've got this on you now and I can use it if I want to. That's what I, that's how I interpreted what I heard from you. Now we were both upset. So, I, you know, that's fog of war stuff, but I'm just letting you know, I, I heard that as a threat. And well, now that you know that it's not. Yeah. And, and as, and as the board of the OSF, um, I have serious concerns about it and I want to talk to Carrie about it. Um, but anyway. So, I mean, I think that we, um, I don't, I don't know if it's business as usual or not. So I, I don't want to speak too much without kind of talking to Carrie, kind of, you know, her and I 
So I think it's better if we just wait, let, let us talk, and then we'll get back to you both with our, with kind of what we're thinking. Yeah. Okay. So. I did, I did look into it and make sure that I was legally okay to do that. And in the state of Utah, I am. Well, I'm not talking about legal, but, yeah. um, you know. Well, I had a question about it. So I just yeah, looked yeah, yeah. into it to make sure that, you know, that was okay. Yeah, and it wouldn't be admissible in court because you didn't have the other person's consent. So it would not be admissible right. in court. You can record, obviously, people record people all the time, but it's not admissible in court. But this, we're not talking about court of law. We're talking about public opinion. And so you can you can edit anything that almost anyone says and right. rely on them. And but if it was the, right, but if it was the only thing in the moment that made me feel safe, I think it was a good choice. Well, that's what I'm saying. I want, I would like to listen to the recording and see why you were feeling unsafe because maybe John needs to be recommended. Maybe he was doing, you know, he was, like I said, he was throwing stuff across the room and breaking things and, you know, that would be totally unacceptable. Um, I don't, yeah, there's no, there's no throwing things across the room or breaking things. Okay. There's, so you see what I'm saying? Like, I would like, I would like for Carrie and I to listen to it so we could have kind of first right. knowledge before we make a decision. Yeah. So and that's totally understandable. So if and you can just check your say, Jen, you were going to say there was, what were you going to say there was in that conversation? Oh, about the throwing stuff or breaking things. Yeah. She was going to finish her sentence. Yeah. Sorry. Um, there was a, I was, I was just going to say, I believe what I was going to say is there was a time where it it escalated where, you know, there was, there was standing up and sitting down and, and using, telling me what I was thinking and feeling and meaning and putting words in my mouth. And it got to the point where that, that felt abusive to me it felt like I was being verbally abused in that moment and um because he was telling me what I was and what I was saying and what I was thinking and what I was feeling and that um And I kept saying to him, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. No, that's not how I'm feeling. No, you're putting words in my mouth. Stop. Just stop talking. Don't say that. That's not what I'm saying. Stop it. And I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. And he would stand up and repeat it back to me. You are calling me a monster. You are no, 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 no. You are no, 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 no. Like, that's when I feel unsafe. That's when it got to the point where I didn't feel safe in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when I turned it off. Yeah. Yeah. And by the same token, it sounds like you may have been exhibiting some of those same behaviors, putting words in his mouth. No. And a lot of heat and energy. I would say absolutely. It, it I would start, say I was starting, ta- with, starting with the accusation that I had threatened her job, which was at the very beginning of the conversation. And that's when things went sideways. And I kept saying, I didn't threaten your job. Why do you keep saying that? And then and I said, for me, when you said this and this, that sounded like you were saying to me, I was trying to tell you how that felt to me. And I could not do it. 
That's kind of the same thing. Like you're trying to project your feelings into him. That's not what he meant. You were saying, you know, I felt like I was telling you to stop and you wouldn't stop. Yeah. So let's just, let's just listen to the recording. Let Carrie and I listen to the recording because now we're just kind of like spinning back into the same spot. Does it it exist? Well, let's, again, let's take a step back. Let's cool off. Let's let Jen check her junk folder. You can check the video camera and then Carrie and I'll talk, hopefully watch the the recording and then we can circle back. Okay. In the next couple of days. Does that sound acceptable? What do I do? What do I do in the meantime? Um, take some days off. I mean, is that acceptable? I mean, John's the boss on everyday stuff, but I think it'll just be best. What I'm afraid will happen is, you know, like right as you can see what's happening right this second, you're kind of both dropping back into your same positions. It's like, no, I said this, you said this. I don't want you guys to be in the same space and just have the exact same thing happen again in another heated argument. Like there's just no point in that. Yeah. Can I, can I ask the question if John even wants this, like, does he even want to me to be here? Like, is this something that he wants to fix or is this something that like, is like not repairable or only repairable in an adjusted way. I have something to say, but we can let John answer. Um, I mean, So it might take a couple minutes to answer. Um, it's not a s- super straightforward answer. Carrie, do you have a couple minutes or do you need to go? Yeah, I've got a few. That's okay. Okay. So um there are there are some there are some things that there are some conversations Jen, you and I have had that I am still really struggling with. So an example a couple examples would be the well the whole payroll incident where where when you were given access to the payroll information and what people were being paid and then and then we, you ended up um asking for for pay raises in response to that I you would know, say talk, that's false all it, you know, <laughs> remember in our conversation when we were asking each other not to interrupt maybe Let's let's have that here and then you can respond. But but I'm still hurting from the from the time from a few things. One was was when you when I feel like you use payroll information um to to ask for increases in your job. The second was when you got mad at me for having Samantha co-host on the the Teal Swan episode. And you use the words every time you pick a different co-host, you're taking money out of my pocket. That made me feel like I couldn't choose who I wanted to be my co-host and that you were more concerned about the pay than like 
my ability to make a decision on choosing the co-host that I felt was best. Another example would be with Natasha, when I asked you to consider Natasha for the abortion panel, and you and you said that you could never forgive Natasha for what she did to you and that you wouldn't work with her, and then you did the abortion panel and it really wasn't usable. And, um, and, um, and then, you know, there might be a couple other things, but then the, the recording I, I did, I, I felt like, I mean, I feel like you've worked super hard and done a great job in so many ways, but I feel like the executive uh, direct, I feel like the director of operations position like you being a co-host and trying to do um, the director of operations position, it just feels like that's too much for anyone, not for anyone. And so there have been a lot of challenges getting the shorts business up and running. And I've had to be way more involved in that than I wanted to be. And I don't blame you for that because you've been very busy being co-host and producing episodes. So none of this is like Jen did bad or Jen was wrong or Jen hasn't given her all or Jen hasn't done a good job. But I'm I'm uncertain about the role of director of operations and co-host. I'm not sure that's working. I don't feel like it is working. And so, you know, I I feel like I... I feel like I want to be able to choose who I have as a co-host without feeling like you're going to be angry at me or, uh, or mad at me or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm concerned about, um, sometimes how strong you are about wanting to co-host or host or lead panels I'm uncertain about how effective that's going to be for the organization, but I also feel like um, if I were to tell you no, or I'm not comfortable with that, or I don't think that's good, I'm afraid of how you're going to take that and what that's going to do to our relationship. Um, and then most of all, uh, when you said I recorded that and left what I, what I heard and what I received, I felt like that was a threat and, um, you know, whatever has happened to that recording, none of us can know for sure. And so it feels like a threat that's lingering out there, even with whatever has been recorded today, it still could be used. And so th that feels like a, a real, um, violation of our trust to me, especially given how sensitive, you know, I am about trust. It felt like blackmail and it feels like a lingering threat of blackmail or of you recording future conversations if they go sideways or getting upset. And I, I, I do not want to be in the position ever again of trusting someone to the point where they could take everything down. And so that's a long answer of just saying there's a lot to work through. It's not a no, but I don't know how we work through all this. Um, 
if if you or Clint or Carrie have ideas, I'm open to it. But 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 these are the things we would have to work through on my end. And then for you to make it sound like it's sort of been anything other than a one-time occurrence, that there have been inklings of me getting mad or you not feeling safe, that that's total news to me that you've ever felt unsafe with me other than the one time. Because as far as I know, I've never raised my voice with any employee ever, ever. So for me, that was just this crazy, weird explosion, and I don't know how to make sense of it. Um, other than the building up of tension from the several months before. But for me to hear you say that there's been inklings of other abusive behavior or you feeling unsafe, I would love to understand what what you mean by that and what you're sort of accusing me of. Because I, by my memory, I've never done anything other than in that meeting to make you feel unsafe. And even in that meeting, I was upset, but so were you. And I felt threatened, maybe just in different ways, but I don't feel like I was physically aggressive. And I don't think the characterization of me standing up and sitting down and like being a physical threat, that just doesn't, that doesn't jive with my memory of the conversation. I was childish. I was, you're interrupting me. Stop interrupting me. You are interrupting me. That kind of like childish banter back and forth with raised voices. But I felt like it was kind of very reciprocal and mutual. Um, but that's just my memory. I was upset and my memory could be completely off. So that's probably a long answer, but that's. About, hey, Jen, let's have mm-hmm. you, if you want to do a rebuttal to that, let's have you go three or at the most five minutes and then let's call it. Does that sound okay? okay? Do you want to have the yeah. last word? Um, I, so first addressing um, recording he said something about this being recorded today. I don't know if he meant he thinks I'm recording this or just that we're recording this um, Zoom call altogether. We're recording it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's recording. So I don't know why he would say that I would use this recording. In We've later. normally recorded these meetings, so I don't know for sure what you mean about that, but keep going. John, John, John said he felt, uh, he felt unsafe that this was being recorded oh, no, that I could recording. use this the previous later recording. the previous recording well you said the previous court recording and then you said this after but I'm I'm sorry for the miscommunication I only meant the previous recording when I've talked about feeling threatened I only meant whatever was said just to be clear that's what I meant um as far as the payroll thing goes um I have told John this numerous times. Um, he he likes whatever he story he made in his brain about payroll is he's sticking to it. And no matter what I've said to him or ways I've explained how that payroll, what, me asking for an increase in my payroll was had nothing to do with him assigning me to do payroll and me seeing what people were making. Um, there, that had nothing to do with it. When I asked for my payroll increases, it was about a month after Kara left when I asked for one increase. And then it was about a month later 
when I asked for another increase. And I will explain those to you really quickly, the same that I explained to John and that we had come to an agreement. I thought that he understood the reasoning. The month after Kara left, it was because at that point, Kara had not been, we had not hired anyone else in the Open Stories Foundation. So everything that Kara was doing at the time, minus uploading to TikTok. Everything else that Kara was doing in her job up to that time, I took over doing. So I'm now doing my director of operations job plus Kara's job on top of it. And so I came to John and I asked him for a $5 raise in pay. So, and I was given that $5 raise in pay. A month later, I've been podcasting now, co-hosting for a month. So again, doing director of operations job, doing the production job that Kara used to do, and now co-hosting what Kara used to do. So now I'm doing everything except for, again, the TikTok shorts. Everything else I'm doing, I took on. So I'm doing two, two people's jobs in, in me, in one person. And again, I asked when I co-host, not even when I'm doing my director of operations job, only when I'm co-hosting during those hours of the podcast, I would like a $5 increase for the podcasting hours because that's a whole other level. That's a me going public. That's people recognizing me. That's a whole other level of, of Open Stories Foundation, you know, that I had not been a part of yet. Okay, two minutes. So Here that's that. So okay. I that's the payroll, and okay. that's why I ask for increases. Nothing to do with me okay. looking at other people's money. Got it. Um, repeatedly have said that. Co-hosting. As far as co-hosting and still getting my directors of operations job done, I think I've done a great job. I think I've done both. And I I don't see complaints from anyone on the staff or anyone as far as like the public sphere goes and on the podcast, only praise and thankfulness and Thanks for organizing this all. Thanks that we know what we're supposed to be doing. Thanks that we know what's coming up next. Like gratitude. And so I only see that. I don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. And one more minute and then we'll let you have the last Natasha, Natasha, no, I I did. I did say I will not work with her. I think that's okay for me to say that because she she took my name with without any matter on it. And she spread rumors about me throughout this space. And she has not apologized to me for that. And they were untrue and unfounded. And he know, and John knows this also. And so I did say that as far as the bringing in a therapist, if I was in charge of the podcast, I would pick someone else, which I did. I picked Gabby Accord to be there as a therapist on the panel. And I, I stand by that. Um, that seems like a great place to stop. I mean, it's been now six minutes, so okay. we could go all night. So let's, yeah. Okay. And can I just say one last thing and then I promise I'll be done. 30 seconds. He, yeah. he said, he said, I don't tell her 
because I'm afraid of things like women in the past that I've worked with that she's going to react the same way or that, you know, I've seen it, I've seen her kind of react this way. So I'm afraid of what she'll do or react, or I made this story. And so if I tell her what I'm going to pay Samantha, then it will be all about the payroll again. And, and she wasn't happy with the payroll, but he doesn't like, I've listened, I've said that before. So he, he says his words are, I don't tell her. I don't tell her. I, I, I can't read his mind. So I'm as, as far as I know, what's been asked of me and what I've been asked to do and following this and doing my job and doing, having the skill set and having the availability and putting myself out there and going above and beyond. I think that's what I think. I, and that's what the people around me think. And that's what the public thinks. Like I can't read his mind. So if he's not telling me these things, I, I don't know. I don't know. Awesome. Okay. So let's leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, that was long. That was two hours almost. Thanks, Carrie. I know. <laughs> we got a lot going right the second. Um, I'll get with you. We'll talk more and then we'll get back to you guys in the next couple of days. Does that sound reasonable, Carrie? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. okay. Thanks so much to everyone for spending the time. I mean, I think it's good that everyone kind of hears, hears everyone's perspective and and then we'll get a little bit of a chance to kind of sleep on it, see if we can get any more information, then kind of let everyone know what we decide. Okay. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Right. Thank you. You guys have a good night. Too. See you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. See ya.